John, John, seriously. You're listening to Moms in Overtime with Elisa and Sarah, and tonight we are talking with Ron, the dad of the hour. You did good. I like it. It took like six times that we edited it out, but you did it. <laughs> you did a good intro. Ron. Also, Ron is the dad of the hour. He Because our husbands will not come 10 feet to this podcast. So well, that's how we got Ron. I know. Todd was a little offended. He's like, why didn't you ask the two dads that like you're married to? And I'm like, because then it would become a marriage conversation. Yes. Not just a dad conversation. It is That's just true. a dad conversation. And we are not married to you. So. And I'm biased. Yeah. My husband. So. Yeah. 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 Although I might also be biased to Ron. We're going to find out right now. So. Because <laughs> you guys work together and you have, you know, a lot about each other. Yes, and I dub him my work husband. The only one left standing. I did have two. That's a different you story. You had a lot of work <laughs> Yes, I survived the calling, yes. Elisa uh, held on to me, even though it wasn't really her choice. So I won by default, I guess. And she likes to remind me how runner-up I am most of the time. But, you know, just like a real marriage, you just kind of accept that you probably weren't the first choice anyway. And, you know, you just made the most choice at the time. That, that is... That's correct. That is correct. I think that's accurate. Best choice. Okay. So anyway, so Ron's joining us. First off, tell us about yourself briefly, but more importantly, how many kids do you have? How old are they? Ah, okay. So I have two children. Uh, the first one, Maxwell, he actually just turned six today. And then our second child, Amelia, is two. She'll be turning three in the spring. So we got a boy and a girl. And they're about three years apart, which I suppose if there was like a national average, uh, we would fall into it. That seems like what's on the TV show who's and whatnot. So um, we're very conformist when it comes to making a family, I suppose. <laughs> you, you know are. what? The, I've learned that the three years apart seems good when they're younger, but I'm at the age where the, all they do is fight. But I also have two girls, so maybe that's part of it. But there's like this weird age gap where like they're no longer helpful. They're just They're just mad at each other constantly and that's where i'm at okay so we wanted Elisa to start with and i are absolutely not the normal though just a side note we lisa has two girls oh, i have yeah. three kids i have twins i have twin girls and a son that's six and older and now he's about to be seven about everyone's to... about everyone's about to turn seven yeah older ones are about to turn seven so earlier when before you got on John, John was like, we need to ask Ron about when did Tammy want to have kids? And I was like, why is it about Tammy? And he was like, well, I'm sure it was Tammy's decision. So when did you guys want to have kids? How many did you think you wanted to have? And what did you end up having? Well, no, two, but what did you want to have? Uh, I suppose I should start by saying I'm an only child. Yes, so, I was, was uh, going to call you out, but I wasn't yeah, I was waiting yeah, for you. No, 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 no. I'll take care of that for you. Um, it's so as an only child I obviously don't know what it's like to have any siblings younger older the exact same age as me I I just kind of went along with it and and I mean I know there's a lot of folks who have their own views about what that lifestyle is like as a child I'd have to say mine was fairly normal I wasn't horribly spoiled but I wasn't also like just left alone with the TV all the time. So, so I always wanted one child was kind of like my thought, like, because I was an only child, I thought it was fine. I had no reason to really want any more than that. So, um, I don't know. We like, we had the discussion before we were even married because it seems like the right thing to do. So, you know what each other want. And, uh, we each agreed that we wanted at least one. So I'm like, okay, I guess we can get married then that won't ruin us. Um, so, so, so we did. And, um, Oh, how about I was I was 30 when we had Maxwell, um, which by old time standards is like 106 and he should have been working the farm. But I mean, by now standards, it made a little more sense. Right. You work a little bit, you work your way up and um, you like can save a little money. So we were each ready. Uh, Well, we were married. We were married a couple of years at that point and we felt like it was time. Um, Is Is Tammy the same age as you? She is one year younger than I am. So we have very, I mean, we have very parallel like lives. My <laughs> my my husband Todd is two years older than me. So 
kind of changes things a little bit, but like not really. I don't know, just the perspective. Asking. Oh yeah, the like, like um, I know you asked me when when we thought we were ready to have kids. I would like to throw in that my mom thought we were ready to have kids (laughs) when we were like nineteen. She, uh, because I know they'll never listen to this in a hundred years, um, because they can hardly work their cell phones. Uh, I love, I love them dearly. So if they do find a way to hear this, I love you both. But, um, she legit told my wife before we were even married, she was like, if you have a kid before you're married. And then like, she like looked around, make sure nobody was listening. She's like, it's okay with me. And I'm like, and and then Tammy told me, I'm like, well, it's not okay with me. So we're going to wait because. My mom came from a huge family, like, 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 like huge, like work a farm, huge. And so Italian, um, huge Italian, Italian right? family, huge, yeah. not Italian, Sicilian, Sicilian family, Elisa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. We, we debate that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Um, but, but so uh, in all honesty, they were happy that we even had one because I was their only hope. And so when you're an only child, that, that kind of weighs on you a lot. I'm like, if I don't have a child, the family name is like done. And it's a weird thing because you don't think too much about it until like you start getting a little bit older. And maybe it's just like a male thing versus like a female thing. But I was like, oh man, like I really have to reproduce. I have to figure this out. Like, and I mean, I already wanted a kid, but like, then you start thinking about it and you're like, holy crap, if I don't do this, it's over. Like I'm gonna let everybody down. Now, like I said, I already wanted a kid, so it wasn't that bad. So, so we had a son first and I'm like, okay, my work here is done. It's your problem now. You take it from here. Um, but, then, but, um, for the longest while after that, I was okay with one. I'm like, I'm like, I said, I was the only child. We had a child. I'm like, this is good. So it took a couple of years. I think Ron, Ron also says he's the, Ron says he's the miracle child because your parents were a lot older. That's why yeah. you're only a miracle child. Yes, my mom had me when she was 39, and that was in the early 80s. So when you're 39 in the early 80s having a baby, they, like, write articles about you in the newspaper because it's just, like, she not a thing that Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's why, he, that's why he's so special. I special. Ask around <laughs> oh the office, God. right? Right, Elisa and John? I see John rolling his eyes. <laughs> But uh-huh. yeah, so then we decided to have another one and uh, that one was kind of a layup. I was like, yeah, like, I'm okay with this. Uh, you have to wait till he was a little older and and we kind of felt like we were in a spot where things were okay and had number two. And, and I know it's not always like this, but number two is, it was a lot easier for us. And now Tammy literally just walked by me and held up three fingers because she wants a third and I keep telling her no. Wait, what? That I okay. Don't. Hold on. You know what? I I'm, I don't want to break ranks here, but like I'm going to challenge you because you two, both of you, and I will take your perspective on this, had a very challenging first birth to where you said, I don't want to have a second. It was scary. And I know oh, it wasn't your yeah. experience, but I would like to hear you. She can come. If she wants to come on, she can come on. I see you. I, yeah, for sure. She can come she can on. Join. <clears throat> because I know you have a very like traumatic first birthing experience. And it was it was traumatic, was it not? The entire thing was a, a lot of things went wrong. He was early. Um, he wouldn't oh. come out. It um, had used the vacuum, uh, the Hoover, as I called it. Um, and when you have like your first child and there's like 10 people in the room, you kind of think it's normal. And then I remember I didn't really like realize till we had Amelia and it was like us and like one doctor. And I'm like, are the rest of the doctors coming at some point? And then even our doctor went away at one point, just like some random nurse. And she's like, yeah, I got it. And I'm like, what? what? we had like 10 people for the first one. Well, it's because there was a hundred issues going on that they were trying to not tell us about because they didn't want us to freak the F out. So, uh, and then even after Maxwell came out, he was like a little over four pounds because he was so early. Um, he had a severe milk lactose allergy. Um, so he had to drink special formula called a neocate any mom mom on ot fans out there if you've heard of neocate you know my pain it is the most expensive shit on the face of the planet a canister that's like about an ounce cost about as much as a car payment does it's impossible to find insurance won't cover it because they're all a bunch of assholes and they're like well you know you're like your child would die but it's not really a necessity is it and i'm like if something dies doesn't that make it a necessity 
um, <laughs> had to deal with that. Uh, he had severe acid reflex too. So he pretty much was an exorcist every time he ate for the first year. And I mean, like, I'm not kidding. Like he would probably spit up a good eight feet. Um, he wouldn't sleep, colic, screaming. Um, it was a long first year, but we got through it. And, and uh, by the time that things kind of leveled out a little bit, right, those are kind of the things you don't remember as much, probably because I couldn't sleep. So I just can't remember those times because I didn't register memories. Uh, and then eventually we were like, let's do it again. And for whatever there's a, reason. There's a, saying, there's a saying about how like something about like short term memory when giving birth, like if you remembered, you wouldn't do it again. Something like that. I don't remember what it is, but. I actually have a friend, him and his wife actually just had their first uh, last week. And I went there today to just stop by and leave something with them. And when I walked in, they gave me the shocking reminder of the hell that is the first week having a child. They both, and I mean, it happens to everybody. And so if you've had one, you know, but I mean, I just had to look at them and I was like, it was like I returned from war and I had a flashback. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, have you guys slept? They're like, what sleep? They're like hobbling around the house. <laughs> I'm like, this place like stinks of like desperation. I'm like, I can't stay in here too long. But it was the perfect <laughs> reminder I needed about how I personally am good with too. I was like, seeing that was the reminder. I'm like, I know. Like, and it, and it's hard for everybody. I don't want to act like anybody just like rolls out of the hospital thinking things are easy because if they say that they're full of shit but um you know <laughs> it's like i'm too old i don't know if i can do that again i just oh don't God. i mean we weren't young when we had our first or second not that we're ancient but i'm gonna be 37 in the summer so that means if we like right now made up our minds i'd be 37 that means when that child is three i'd be 40 i can't envision doing what i'm doing <laughs> now at 40 and surviving it i just can't God. I'm hearing everything and I'm like, oh, I just want another baby. Yeah, you're, you're talking to someone who like could be pregnant for her entire life. That's her, Sarah. And me, I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Like, I agree with you. Although you skipped over the part I know, which is Tammy's birthing experience. Not that, like, again, if she's in the room and she wants to tell it herself, she can. But Wait. she had like a lot of complications that I would like to hear from your perspective because I know you were in the room who were like, you're, when you told me the story, you were very freaked out and concerned, and I'd like to hear right. your... Wait, wait, wait first, first, how many weeks pregnant was she? Like, how many weeks? Like, oh, okay. uh, he was, like, for, like, three and a half weeks early. Oh. That's not too bad. That's not bad. It wasn't, like, super early, but he still was super small because he pretty much stopped growing, like, eight weeks before he uh, was due. The so was not good anymore so my twins i delivered at 36 and 6 this is like a you know these things when you have twins because you don't own you never go past 38 they won't let you go past 38 anymore and any, although she had she had big twins too wait until you hear how big they were when they were 36 and 6 so they were measuring the morning that I delivered to be seven pounds each. And I was like, what? We're getting them out now. I don't care. Like this. One is of my kids was only five pounds and she had two that were like six pounds. I'm like, what the fuck? So they both came out six pounds, one ounce, six pounds, three ounces at 36 and six. So to me, as a twin mom, anything over like, 32 weeks is good like you're in a good place my boss my co-worker I am just a boss he just had twins and they were born at 30 at 26 weeks whoa that's early and they're thriving they are doing amazing it's crazy crazy to think about how different technology is every and medicine, every time you go from one delivery to the next, to the next, and from one set of twins to the next, like, it's amazing. So, yes, preemie, but manageable. So that's, 
I mean, mine were preemie, and everyone's like, were they preemie? Were they preemie? I'm like, I don't know. They didn't need, they needed less in the NICU than my son, who was over incubated in my belly. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because I met, because he was in the NICU. He was in the NICU, and the girls were not, so... But Ron, Ron's wife's story is unique because of the epidural. That's what I was remembering. You telling me? Yeah. She, oh no. Yes. The uh, uh, the epidural thing was pretty intense. Let me. Oh, oh. Okay. I just wrote a note to my wife to see if she wanted to tell. She will tell it because if anybody I should, I mean, I think it, she should. You're right. I it was it was her. I was along for the horrific ride, and I will fill in the parts where she doesn't remember because she was hopped up on all kind of weird medications but so i'm gonna give her my little earbud actually i got my spirit earbud hold hold on let me grab my left ear here yeah i i do want to hear her like i've only heard it from your perspective and i think it's a story worth telling because i remember being like what the fuck like horrified if kids were free i'd have two more (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Sarah would have so many kids. I'm 100%. If we were rich, I've said more than once, if we were rich, I'd have this, like, if we could have, like, a stay-at-home nanny or an au pair or something, I'd be like, yeah, let's just keep having them, whatever. But yeah. considering I'm the one doing the feedings and having clean bottles and changing diapers and all these other things, and it costs money, and, like, we already don't really have enough money, so I don't want to really bring that in the situation. But here is Tammy, and Elisa, you can uh Hi, you can Tammy. About this story. So this this whole interview took a segue because I wanted to ask because Ron's giving me the story. I've actually never heard it from you to be honest. Your birth story, which I know was traumatic. Yeah, I would assume, I would assume. So Tammy's gonna let us know about her birth story. So go, Tammy. Don't think like you gotta condense. I can condense. Okay. He's worried about. It's just a long story. So we gotta I've heard Ron, then, go, go to the other side of Tammy where she you can be closer oh. to her the headphone. Just, no, just want to be closer. It's all about you now. He kicked him out. He, had to get, he said, excuse me, I have to get my whiskey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your your perspective um i mean everything was kind of fine when we went in they they just induced me because he wasn't growing so i was like okay cool so the um they induced me um i actually have no idea how long i was in labor i did i would never ever figure that out i don't know some people some women are like really good like oh it was 36 hours and blah, blah, blah. i'm like i have no idea um but but yeah, so they like had to use the vacuum on him and it was kind of traumatic because there was, yeah, like he was saying, there was a bazillion people in the room. Um, I just remember like the, my doctor was like, Tammy, you need, she goes, I can only, she used the vacuum once and it came off of his head and she looks at me and she's like, like literally over my legs, she's staring at me and she's like, Tammy, you need to push with all of your life right now. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, and she goes, I'm serious when I tell you I can only use the vacuum one more time because it's like damages them, so I can only use it twice. And I'm like, okay, and she's like, and then then if it doesn't work, we have to do a C-section. So she's like yelling, book an OR, and I'm like, wait a minute, like what's going on? Like I was like all over the place, but it ended up working and I was like, okay, cool. Everything seemed really fine, you know, um, all the like time they moved us to mother and baby and we were fine. Um, but I was in a lot of pain. And so the nurses were giving me narco for pain, which is fine. But at some point in the night, I had said to Ronnie, I said, you know, I, I think I'm going to throw up or something. Like I just like, didn't feel really well. Um, and then I, this is the part where I actually don't remember a lot. Um, but I actually started hallucinating because the nurses overdosed me on narco. And because the shift changed. Yeah. And the one nurse didn't tell the other nurse. So Tammy got two servings when she should have got one. Um, I started hallucinating. I was hearing voices. I remember yelling like, there's someone else in here with us. 
like I could hear someone whispering my name in my ear. Like that's what I felt like I was hearing. I was like screaming at one point. I remember there were like three nurses in the room. They were like holding me down, like holding my arms down because I was freaking out. And I, it was like, I was going like in and out. And I remember the doctor coming in and saying, well, she just needs to sleep this off now. Like there was like nothing that they would do. Like they were just like, there's nothing, you know, I'm like, okay. Um, and then when I woke up in the morning and it was gone, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, okay, that was weird and horrible and whatever. But then I sit up to go to the bathroom and I get this horrific headache, like to where I almost throw up on the floor. And so I had to sit back down and we got the nurse. She comes in and she's like, I have this really bad headache, but it feels good when I'm laying down. And she was like, what? And she just stared at me like she knew something that I didn't. And I'm like, okay. So she goes, lay down. I need to try something. So she put like the, the bed all the way down. And she's like, do you have a headache right now? And I was like, no. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to make the bed higher. And so like, she just kind of slowly made it higher until it was like, you know, like I was kind of sitting up and like at one point, like it was, it was like no headache. And then like the worst migraine of your life, like in like a second. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to be right back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? While you're having so then, to pee, you have to pee yeah. at the same time. Yeah. You're like, I just have to pee. Can you just, I know. Just, like, can you just take me to the bathroom then? I don't know. <laughs> So then like this doctor comes in, like a neurologist comes in, they take me for what, like an MRI or something. I don't know. It was crazy. So basically what ended up happening is when they were giving me the epidural, they nicked a hole in my spinal cord. I was leaking spinal fluid and like internally. <laughs> and um, I'm watching like, Sarah's face because it's the first time she's heard this story and it's not my first. Okay, go on. Yeah. And it was giving me spinal headaches. And of course, this neurologist or whatever, this guy is trying to tell me like, well, you know, we see this a lot in patients who have back surgeries because like, you know, it happens. But he goes, you know, we really only see it in like 1% of OB patients. And I was like, thanks. Like, thanks so <laughs> much that I have to be like that, that 1%. And so they said, normally this goes away on their, on its own. It like, it, so I'm like, okay, so basically like, we'll give you a ton of fluids. They said, usually caffeine helps. I don't know why. So they were like pumping Coca-Cola into me. Like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. So they're giving me fluids. They're pumping Coca-Cola into me. Um, but it was just like, ended up being just like a horrific experience because like the nurses were talking about me, this lady that came in to give me the IV for more fluids when she was like, oh, like, I wonder, like, she was just chatting with me and asking me why, like, I needed an IV. And I was just talking about, you know, what happened the night before and how I was hallucinating. And she goes, oh, my gosh, that's you. I heard about you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to get out of here. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, I know nurses talk, but I don't, like, need to know that you talk. Like, I don't yeah. need it. Um, but then, like, the most scary part was, is the hospital was trying to cover their butts from overdosing me on medication by telling me it was my fault that I didn't eat anything and that they thought that I might have had postpartum psychosis. Oh, yeah, so and they So they, well, this is what scared the bejesus out of me because I got mad. I'm like, I do not have that. This is your fault. Like, I was super mad. They told me that I was not allowed to leave the hospital until a psychiatrist gave me a psych evaluation because they thought that I had postpartum psychosis. And I'm like, that's not what this is. Like, I was I, like, I was so mad. And it's like, I couldn't stand up. So I'm like laying down, you know, like, I'm so mad at you, you know, like on my back because otherwise I'd have a headache. It was like, um, so this psychiatrist comes in and she's like, I have to ask you very serious questions. I'm like, okay. And, you know, Ronnie's standing there and she's like, well, don't you think your husband should leave? And I was like, um, no. And she's like, these are really serious. And I'm like, yeah. And we've been married a long time and he knows everything about me. So he's staying right here. Like they were trying to get me alone. I'm like, what are you trying to do? Like, I don't know. I was so mad. Um, but, um, they ended up clearing me, but it was so nervous. Ner I was so nervous because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, what if they, take my like I just kept thinking they're going to take my baby from me because like they did this like that's what I was thinking like the whole time 
But then they let us go home and all I wanted to do but was go home. But I was miserable because I had this constant headache sitting up. Yeah. Uh, but then like kind of like long story short, though, it actually never the headaches never went away on their own. So I was bedridden the whole first week on my back at home um, and I couldn't move. So Ronnie did everything, all the feedings, everything. Um, and I couldn't oh. move. And then they never like followed up with me or did anything. And I ended up calling the hospital. I called the number for the, um, the anesthesiologist group, like the group of like people that do the epidurals and told them like, listen, this didn't go away. Like you said, it would, I am miserable. And they're like, oh my gosh, why did you wait so long to call us? It should have been only three days. I'm like, okay, well, nobody said anything. They just wanted me out of that hospital because they didn't want me to sue anyone. <laughs> and, you know, and so then they said, you need to go to the emergency room right now and ask for the anesthesiologist on call. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But it was so kind of funny, awkward, because Ronnie's dad was the only one who was able to drive me to the hospital. <laughs> and so Ronnie stays here with Maxwell and I'm in the hospital and I'm literally like sitting in his passenger seat, just like moaning because my head hurts so bad. And he's like, oh uh, yeah, are, are you okay? Like he was so awkward. <laughs> like, had no and Ron's idea. dad is so uh, sweet. I know. Like, he was crying. Little man. Yeah, I know. Uh, and but then the worst part too is that like when I got there though like you know he didn't come back with me he's like oh I'll just wait you know like I'll just wait out here like it's fine like, okay, you know, whatever <laughs> I'm like okay but it was like terrifying because I was by myself and there was nobody there and of course this doctor that comes he says so I can fix this and I'm like awesome like let's do it because I need a therapist already you know like <laughs> this is not going well <laughs> and he's like uh, but I got to give you another epidural in the same exact spot. And I looked at him and I was like, what? No, no. I'm like, no one is going near my spine with a needle ever again. And I don't even care that you're the one, you aren't the one that did it the first time. Like, I was like, I can't even do this. And he's like, okay, well, I'll give you a minute to think about it, but that's the only way we can do it. And I'm like, oh my word. So he like left me alone in this little room in the ER with the piece of paper I just signed because it's an epidural. So you have to sign like, oh, if we paralyze you, it's not our fault. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, if I don't do this, like I will forever be like this. And so I'm just like, I have to do it. So I signed it. But then what was even worse is that there's a nurse that comes in and she's like, can I watch? Because I've never seen one of these done before. And I was <laughs> like, I'm going to die right now. Like, I was like, this is just like, it was like a movie. Like, I just couldn't even. But she held my hand and she was very nice. And he did it. And it was crazy because my headaches went away in 15 minutes. I laid flat for 15 minutes. And then I sat up and I like legit started crying because like they were gone, like immediately gone. This whole story encapsulates why women are the shit because you did all that. And then you were like, let's have a second child. Like that, that is even to me. Like seriously, that it is, it's true because you're like, you know what? I'll do it again. I'll risk it again. Like that, it, that's crazy. In my I, head, like, I don't know. Like Sarah's, you about, to, you know, Sarah's about to cry. Sarah's about to cry. She's very emotionally, she's very emotionally triggered by people's very epic, like birth stories. <laughs> Look at her; she's about to cry. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like it was—it's awful. I mean, it's awful because then it's like you get home and you're like, you're like, this is not what I thought this would be. Like, right. this is the start. Like, this is like I was like, I don't want this. Like, I mean, I was like, I was not. It wasn't good. Took a took a you know what yeah. like, a, like a, an eight like, week program for me to well, like get it, out of it it took a postpartum depression turn because you're like not able to do the things you thought you were going to do right yeah. but here's the thing no one ever tells you no one tells like, you stories no one tells you stories when you're 19 and they're like let's get you should get knocked up because i want a grandchild there's a lot of fucking shit that goes with that like it's crazy. It is, I just, it is I like, don't know. no one prepares, like, your mom never prepared. We, our moms are 
older women in our lives never prepared you for the shit that happens to your body or could happen to your body when you have children. I think they just don't tell you because they're like, if I scare them, they won't give me grandchildren. No, (laughs) absolutely not. There's like something stuck in our brains that you should have kids. Like we, like if you're going to have kids, you should have kids. Like, you know, you should have kids and it doesn't matter all the shit that goes with it. I would just like to know the shit. I would have liked to known yeah. shit before it happened. I feel like there's way more transparency with postpartum recently than there was in the past. At least the Instagram accounts I yeah. follow that are way more like yeah. transparent about it. But like no one talk I mean everyone's like, pack your favorite jammies and you're this and you're that to go to the hospital. And it's like no one needs any fucking shit. They give you a bag of like mesh underwear. That's all you need. It's fine. I didn't even bring anything there. All of our hospital photos, I'm still in my hospital gown. I didn't even take anything else. Tammy, you took hospital photos? You're already like a step above. Oh, no, we didn't the first time because we weren't allowed to pick Maxwell up because even from birth, he was projectile vomiting everywhere. So he had a sign on his bassinet that said, do not pick me up. So, <laughs> you're gonna like feed him or something. Like, don't touch this child. And like, the nurses would come in. They like had to elevate him and shit. Yeah, it was. And, like, yeah. Oh. And, like, they didn't even let me help. They're like, we're gonna feed him because exactly. he was so it's small, and I didn't know what I was doing. So they're just like, we're gonna take care of it. So we literally go home from the hospital, and I, and oh, am I too far? Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Do you want to say that, John? Do it. You like that, John? Yeah, I'll let you do the rest of yours. I, I need more whiskey. Oh, more whiskey. And then, yeah, and, so and then we need to get we'll, back to the dad we'll part of this back, story. We'll, pop, we'll, we'll toss it back yeah. to Ron in a moment. He's getting, we're yeah, we're he's giving John a ton of editing work. I know. He's it's fine. No, Jimmy, though, honestly, though, like, thank you for sharing your story. I feel like I've only heard Ron's perspective. And to be honest, he did give it justice because he most of his story to me was like, Tammy was miserable. She had a horrible experience. And I remember when you guys said the first, and he had Maxwell, he was like, I don't know if we could have a second kid because that was fucking terrible. And I was like, I hear you. But you'll probably change yeah. your mind. And you just like manipulate it in your head. Because like Allie, Scarlet for me was like textbook, simple. I had zero pain. I didn't even know I was in labor. Allie, I was in a ton of pain and I needed a NICU and I hemorrhaged. And Aaron thought it was bleeding to death because he's never saw so much oh blood God. on the floor. He never saw so much blood on the floor before. He, like, turned around. Allie was born. We thought she had a problem. NICU came in. So they were all over yeah. Allie. And they were all, like, in the, the, like, oh, Allie was born. Cool. And Aaron said he turned around and he's like, there was blood everywhere. And it was me. I was hemorrhaging. I had issues. Oh I had track marks up and down my arm from trying to find a vein. They stabbed me in the leg. I had a balloon put in to stop from bleeding and everything it was everything was done said. The doctor was like, So what happened was we almost had to give you a emergency hysterectomy. And I was like, What the fuck? Oh, like, what? And he's like, they're like, Yeah, we didn't have to, but we almost did. And I was like, oh, you're like, why did you I was like, she almost had to take my cervix out, is what you're telling me. Yeah, you wouldn't stop bleeding. And I was like, in my head, the second child that I was like, why do people have fucking children? Like no one talk, no one talks about this. Honestly, oh. everyone's talking about like, that anesthesiologist the second time. I was like, listen, this is what happened last time. Don't mess this up. Like when he was done, you he was like he was done. He was sweating. Like his his like scrubs were soaked because he. I told him the whole story before he even did it, and he was like, okay, okay. Like he was so nervous that he was gonna do something. It was kind of you know funny. What? Like I almost laughed I, at it. I remember when I had Allie, I had your experience in my head. Like I had that because I was before you, like my, my oldest was a year older than yours. But when I had Allie and I got an epidural, I remember telling Aaron, I was like, do you remember when Tammy had a bad epidural and it was a fucking thing? He's like, why are you thinking about that right now? I'm like, because I know Tammy's story. (laughs) And it's always in my head is Tammy's story. Like I can't get it out. And like the way they fix it, this is the weird way they fix it, is that they take blood for your arm and they inject it into your spine. And what it does is the blood clots in the hole in your spinal cord and then it stops leaking. So uh, ever need a blood patch. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I ended up on Dr. TikTok for a little bit. I was answering questions right 
on a regular basis of like, I should be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> how do I know this shit? Because I'm a mom. Like, yes. how do you know this shit? Because I have gone through way too many traumatic experiences in my life already as a mom. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I had Allie, I had like the balloon put in so that the, like, this is how I know things are a problem. Aaron turned around. He goes, there was two doctors and like 10 nurses. Yes. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, and then, like I said, everything is said and done. They're like, we put a balloon in. They put a balloon into your cervix to like stop the bleeding. Oh so I spent an extra day with Allie in the, like before they go to like mommy, baby, whatever. And I couldn't move. And, and meanwhile, meanwhile, this is, this is the equivalent of women. I swear to God. Meanwhile, they're like, here's your baby. Nurse them. Also, don't sit up because you have a fucking balloon in your oh vagina. And it's draining blood consistently. But also, like, don't not feed your baby. I, I was like, I'm, and they're like, but guess what? We have chocolate cake on the menu today. I'm like, this, the hell here. The first time, it's so crazy. You're like, I don't know, I guess I want to breastfeed him. Like, you feel like you're like all this stuff. And like the second time the, the one lady came in for breastfeeding, I'm like, get out of here. I'm not doing that. And she was like, what? I'm like, get out. I don't, I don't need, she was so offended. I'm like, you know what? I might try, but I don't need you. So, bye. <laughs> okay, well, you're talking, Sarah's opposite. Sarah breastfed her children back to back. I, I, I am pro both ways. Like, whatever you Yeah, me too. Say, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I was just like, you know what? I'm not like, get out, like, get out. Don't give me that pressure. Like, I don't need it. <laughs> I'm, one thing I'm going to tell you, I'm super highly motivated by money. Like, yeah, it's, it's super highly motivated by money. Formula, I just saw dollar signs in my head. Yes. Dollar yeah, our pediatrician called our, our the, the words out of our pediatrician's mouth for Maxwell's um, formula was, well, there's only one we can try that's left to buy, and it's liquid gold. That's what it is. Yeah. It, well, took that, me, it took like three years to pay off my credit card from buying that. I remember talking to um, Ron about it because Allie was um allergic to like a ton of things and so like yeah i was breastfeeding and then i i took her off and then we we did try a formula we ultimately were on that formula that was like i could only get on amazon and cost about 45 dollars a can i was spending hundreds of dollars a month on formula for Allie for like because of what she was allergic to now in hindsight yes i could have like changed my diet but i was also digestional diabetic with her and oh, I personally okay. was just fucking over figuring out what I ate. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care. care. Yeah, never. I'm done. So she can just drink this expensive ass fucking formula from Amazon. I think the biggest thing to take out of your diet would have been dairy. Uh, yeah. Like, that would have helped a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, Sarah is the queen of, like, she's got frozen milk in her freezer, like, back to back. I still do. It's so bad. <laughs> So. <laughs> I feel like I kind of tried though this time. The second time I actually tried, remember I tried the exclusively breastfeeding thing, and I tried pumping too, and then um, we were just kind of like supplementing, and then I was like, I told Ronnie, you know what? I think I'm gonna quit this, and he's just like, do whatever you want. And I'm like, I'm quitting right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, with with Allie, I said I was gonna go longer, right? Like I bought like the backpack for work. I bought like all this supplies, yeah. and then she was allergic to everything I was eating, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> And like I, I was consulting Sarah because I was like, "You're the queen of breastfeeding. You've had like you breastfed twins. Like, what should I do?" And you're like, "Get this backpack and do this and do that." And I was like, "I'm prepared." And then she was like allergic to everything I was eating. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm not changing my diet. I'm eating Bortillos. Like, I'm not. I'm not playing this game. I don't care." And then I just switched. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, we can bring Ron back on. We took a break. Hijacked the show. You know what? Your wife hijacked the show, but I think it was for the best. You know what? That I'm actually happy because like you said earlier, at least one of you I overheard this said like 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 those stories aren't shared enough by women and they're really not. And and I mean That's I was true. there for the whole thing and I mean I'm even more on the outside as a male to like all of it. And I mean it was it was a clusterfuck shit show. And I'm like like why do people have children? Like this is insane. Now, I mean ours was obviously a little more extreme than others but i mean there is nothing anybody told me at any point leading up to that that even would have made me think half of the things that happened could even happen which is really right. horseshit it's like this like secret mm -hmm. hush hush thing that like nobody wants right. to talk about i it, would, it's, I would say 
the top things that people don't talk about are her type of stories and anything where like you lose a child or you know like you're in grave danger like nothing none of it's talked about it's it's never talked honestly i think it's becoming more and more to light because people of predominance like it, you know people want to give shit to celebrities a lot of the time but like just you know chrissy teigen giving her story about like losing yeah. her child. like anything where like someone of of like a lot of renowned you know following has a story i think it brings it to light but like it's true like no one talks about that and yes i've heard your version to justify it you've given a good version of it you never like watered it down i talked about this before when we were not recording i was like ron's family has a good birth story where not good but it's just like a horrific one where i feel like it's worth sharing so no i'm glad she came on so that was good but to to line things up a bit we're gonna ask you what's your favorite poop story john loves a poop story good good poops are all god there's so many poop stories there's so many but uh one one of my favorite poop stories is one of course that i got to experience with random people in a restaurant that's 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 the peak of poop stories right when they happen in your house they can be weird and funny but when you get to share them with random strangers that's when they hit their peak so Tammy and I went 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 out uh, with Maxwell and Amelia and my father-in-law. And Amelia was just a couple months old, so she was like, you know, just kind of along for the ride. And Maxwell was potty training essentially still at that time. And we go to this restaurant, you know, and we're eating at the table, um, and Amelia has to be changed. So I'm like, I'll just take care of this one. So I take her to the washroom, you know, and I'm doing everything, and I'm walking back and 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 I'm probably not even halfway across the restaurant and I hear like this like screaming and I'm like, what is going on? And Maxwell decided that it would be a perfect time to shit his pants. So he does not tell anybody he has to poop. He crawls under the table. Now this is a round table, right? So he goes right down into the middle of it, sits on the floor and screams at the top of his lungs. I'm pooping my pants. I'm pooping my pants. Like on repeat, it's happening. I'm pooping my pants. And I and so I he stopped. Say it's happening. It's, it's happening. I'm pooping my pants. I stopped dead in my tracks because at this point, I'm not close enough where anybody's realized that that's my family yet. And I'm like, just going <laughs> to chill back here with Amelia and let this play out. And like, he won't come out from under the table and I'm watching from afar. So I get to see all the faces. And there's like this table next to us, like this older man and woman who are just like <laughs> disgusted. Like the guy like practically spit his food out on his plate. He's like, Oh, Oh, this oh vile child sitting under a table. What kind of restaurant am I in? And I'm like, just watching in horror and I'm like oh my god like when is the time I come back into this like I can only lurk in the shadows so long before I actually have to go help so like once the screaming subsided and he like crawled back out from under the table I came in and I was like oh what happened here and he's like uh you know and so you know so she took him to the bathroom and then I sat back down but at that point pretty much the entire restaurant was just eyeballing us and like the waitress came over and it's like, is, is, is there anything I can do to help? And I'm like, I know, I don't think so. I, I think we're good here. <laughs> we can uh, just have the check and uh, we'll be going out with what little dignity and self-respect is left at this table. And we will never probably dine at <laughs> this establishment again. But so, yeah, I just, just, just the screaming from under the table and like he was under the table. So people who were further away probably didn't even know where it was coming from. Cause I could see people just looking over their shoulders, like, what what the hell is going on? Is this real? Like, and and I mean to be honest, like at that point, what like 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 I was thirty some years old. I've never seen that happen, so I'm not surprised that other people were surprised. Like I've seen kids have accidents like out in public and stuff, but until it's your own and then you get to see it unfold in front of you, I was like, good lord, this is this is the apex of potty training, right, right, right here. This is why. Odds are you don't see it happen is because people are smarter than we were. You don't take a child to a restaurant who's learning how to poop on the potty. You just don't. You lock them in your house for months on end <laughs> until, until you're yeah, but, but you shouldn't do that. That's my point. There's no shame in a child learning to go potty. But so there's a difference. 
he was three, right? Yeah, yeah, three-ish, yeah, in his threes. So he wasn't doing it because he had to actually go. He was probably doing it because he knew he needed attention at that moment. <laughs> that's true. Well, if that's what he wanted, he certainly got it. So he wasn't eating his food. I know that, but that's that that's the norm anytime we went out to eat. Um, which 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 just to segue, like I'm gonna open a restaurant for children. I will make bank because <laughs> you can literally put like macaroni and cheese, a grilled cheese sandwich, yeah, like, and like some nuggets on your menu. Charge twenty dollars for every item. Kids will take a bite. Not eat anything, and I'll just be rolling in money because that's essentially what happened. That's, that's what that's what two toots is around here. Oh, fucking two toots! Yeah, we we have been to two toots. Yes, many yeah, of times. Many. Is there alcohol times. though for the adults? No. Have you not been? Is, have you not been to two toots? No. Why the train? Been to two toots. A train that goes they around the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Okay. It's for it's, little it's, kids or old men who are really into trains. That's about that's the clientele. The train, it's quite the train, the train goes around and brings your food, and it's like they only sell like cheeseburgers, grilled cheese, and like it's very limited. It's like in college, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and like it comes around and it brings it the the food on train, and then you take it off the train, and it's called two toots. What do you want to make is the two toots? Is what he's saying. This show officially sponsored by Two Toots. Now get on that, John. <laughs> okay. All right. This episode is called Tammy Two Toots. All right. So I have another question, more relevant to current times. Yeah. How is how is pandemic life with children? And I should preface this saying, Ron and I both leave every day to go to work in an office. So like, this is why our lives are very parallel. His wife is the one that's at home with the kids. My husband's the one that's at home with the kids. Him and I are both at work. How is that going? And his, uh, he's the older child in kindergarten. Virtual kindergarten. Virtual kindergarten, yeah. Uh, so it's pretty much a train wreck. I'm not, not going to sugarcoat it. And to anybody who's listening who's dealing with the same thing, don't feel bad if you're having a hard time because – some people make it sound great, and 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 it's not. No, it's no one's making it. First of all, no one. From what I see, no one's making it sound uh, great. I see some people with posts like, "Oh, I get to spend so much time with my beautiful children. It's a moment I cherish." Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed my few months home when I was off work, and I got to be with them. It's great. But when you're trying to teach a kid who's five now six and watching a two-year-old destroy your house while trying to do your own job. And not me, my wife, of course, I go into work. Um, but then like, I have this constant feeling of remorse while I'm there yep. because I yep. know what it's like because I have worked from home a couple of weeks throughout this whole shit storm. And when I'm home, I'm like, this is literal chaos. Like I can barely do what I have to do. And I'm hardly even involved in the other stuff. And kids, I like school is insane. There's like 97 apps. So I stayed home today. Tammy was helping Maxwell with school, like always. And then she had to run out for a little bit. So I'm like, I got it under control. So like she goes, she had to spend 15 minutes giving me like a rundown of all that. <laughs> She's like, oh, he has to be on like Zern and on like magic shit or I don't even know, like these 16 different apps. And I'm like, what happens if it logs me out? And then she's like, well, you got to open up six different windows and log in and and um, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what, what, this is harder than going to work. Like, I'd rather go to work than have to be here and figure this out. And of course, inevitably, and it's happened to me more than once, she's not there and Maxwell needs something. And he looks and he's like, I need the worksheet like 3.72B. And I'm like looking at a pile of papers that's taller than me. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, pal. And then I hear the teacher going, Maxwell? Maxwell, do you have the paper? And I'm like, oh, fuck, like, I got to figure this out. My kid's going to fail kindergarten because I can't get my shit together for this, like, virtual learning. So I'm, like, pulling out paper and throwing it in front of him. He's like, no, no, nope, that's not it. No. And I'm like, what What? What does it look like? Help me. Are, like, are there letters? Are there numbers on it? So I, like, finally find it. I put it in front of him. By the time I get it to him, they're already on to the next thing. I'm, like, having a panic attack because I feel like my kid's not going to go to college now. Because I couldn't figure out <laughs> this like five minute window. Um, so long story short, 
it's kind of messy. I feel bad because I'm not around to help as much as I would like to be. Um, but at the same time, that's the reality for a lot of families right now. And, you know, we just do what we can to make it work. And, you know, hopefully we get these vaccines and uh, or at least enough people do and uh, school can return to normal. Though I will say there's a perk is that Amelia is like two years ahead now on school because she pretty much just sits and watches Maxwell all day. And like she knows her entire alphabet, all of her numbers. She like writes numbers just at random. She's not even three. And she'll like write numbers down. She's like, look, daddy, that's the number six. And I'm like, what? And then I look, I'm like, holy shit, that's the number six. Like, (laughs) uh, so I mean, she's kind of getting an education out of it. No, my kids are opposite because Allie's not into it at all. But You know, okay, this thing, like, I feel guilty because Aaron's at home. But first, I I told you this, Ron, on the side. I was at first grade and kindergarten are totally different. Like, kindergarten, I don't know how anyone's doing kindergarten virtually, honestly. It's hard. And and Sarah's doing preschool virtually. Oh, preschool virtually. It's got to be even worse. It's probably even worse than So, like. Allie, Scarlett has... Right? It depends on the school. It depends on the teachers. It depends on everything. Reese and Rowan have been doing school virtually, like, the whole time. Like, I don't know, October until just this last week. And they were amazing at it. It also helps that I'm paying someone else to be in my house (laughs) to watch them. She's got a nanny. I have a nanny. Ballers, I know. I didn't realize I was on such an elite call here with like an all pair. <laughs> Do they leave at night? Do they have a room? No. <laughs> they're in. They're in her two bedroom house. That's that's what, what I'm really <laughs> saying is that I'm jealous as fuck. Is what I'm trying to say. And like, I would love, love to get that. Love it. There's no way I would be able to do my day job and have the kids here, like. We, we need to find a solution, right? And at the beginning, they were just here all day. We were like, okay, they'll figure out preschool, kindergarten. We we got them into an IEP program, and IEP is Individualized Education. Oh, wait, what is it? No, that's not it. I know it every time. Hold on. We got to Google it. It's Sarah, Sarah's... Sarah's married to a teacher, by the way, so she has to get it. Oh, yeah, I was actually right. Individualized (coughs) education program. I was right. It just didn't sound right. So we got them in an IEP program. With that, we got them into a special preschool program, and they were doing the special preschool program at home for a little while, and it worked out great. And they sat still, but they also had... Their teachers telling them they need to sit still, and a nanny telling them that was not distracted by work. <laughs> and the nanny, I mean, the nanny's work was too. And Sarah's very important at her job. It's true. She's she's very in high demand. VIP <laughs> level, much 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 better than Elise and I. Like most people probably wouldn't realize if I wasn't even there. Day anymore. <laughs> like, did I come into the office today? I don't know. It, maybe actually today I did was not. I today I was not sure if you were there or not. <laughs> no, that's true. But you know, what? I, I, I don't care who you are though. It's again, I'm like paralyzing because you and me, Ron, we're like both at home or we're going to work. We're not at home. You know, I always hear these like women are suffering, and like I agree with that. But I cannot relate to that, to be honest with you, because it's Aaron that's at home. He gets the kids to school virtually and in school. He moves Allie to my parents. He does two jobs, basically. He's a saint. And this keeps going on my topic where I talk highly about my husband. (laughs) John's always like, this is just an episode where we talk about how great Ron or how great Aaron is not Ron. No, no, no. you had it right the first time. Thank you. Your work husband. Yeah, and Ron. Work husband and regular husband are both doing a great job. Congratulations. How did kindergarten go in the spring for Gannon and Scarlett? Well, 
Not it was a shit show. It was oh, absolutely God. ridiculous. And it was absolutely ridiculous because everyone was trying to figure out everything while we were figuring out everything. But kindergarten is a its own animal, right? Like, you are in a very hard spot. Kindergarten, and, yeah, kindergarten is awkward to be in. It is very, because they're trying to learn so much. So much in a short period of time. It's a hard It does to- seem overwhelming from, like, what, when I'm around to, like, hear and listen, like, they, if I had to redo that, I think I'd have problems with it. They're learning, like, how to add, how to subtract. They're learning letters, how to tell time, like, understanding, like, just, just, just some, like, just, like, things that obviously you know when you're older. But, like, I'm listening to some of this stuff, and I'm like, this is one day. This has to be overwhelming beyond all comparison. And then, two for the kids who are very young, who have never actually gone into a real school and know what that environment looks like to yep. have to just be like right. essentially homeschooled on computer. I mean, I felt awful for Maxwell. We received this like school laptop. I ordered him a mouse. And before his first day of school, I had to show him how to use a laptop because he's never used one. Like he didn't even understand the like the the form of what school would look like and how to navigate. And the whole first week of e-learning was essentially like, Here's the mute button. Here's the play button. Here's where you click on these things. And I'm like, how, like, 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 just how horribly confusing is this to a child who's never had to experience any of this? And they're learning it all virtually in the middle of all this crap. And then on top of it, then just like the schooling too is just hard. And the teachers I know have issues because they got to like see all the kids at the same time. And there's not enough screens and kids don't know how to use the mute button. And I'm going to lie, it's pretty humorous more times than not because there's this one kid who like sings his name at random in maxwell's class his name's riddiman and he goes riddiman riddy riddiman and he likes things and, in how, and, and okay. i like die it's hilarious do you have anything else on your little list though of like man questions no i don't well no i don't as no? nice things we're going currently mm-hmm. well, right. got one. here comes sarah oh okay i'm re- i'm i am ready for all the men listeners we're ready for you what is something you would like your wife to just do more frequently with the kids? Oh, that's a good one. I, I like, like, it. like, what, like, I feel like this <laughs> is on another line. Like, what you do know, I know she's gonna listen to this afterwards, right? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a trap question rehearsed by moms ahead of time. Please tell me what it is that will ruin your marriage. If you could just verbalize it to me, please. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I will be honest. It's not just lip service. My, my wife is the same time. I mean, she does literally above and beyond every day for the kids. And for me, I mean, I come home most days from work. The house is clean. The kids are fat or almost fat, even if they're not eating the food. It's at least there. And I mean, in the morning, she gets them ready. She does the school. I, and I do what I can on the weekends to help, you know, clean and help and keep things organized. I mean, but that's like I mentioned earlier, like I have this like overwhelming feel of, you know, remorse when I'm at work that I'm not doing enough because I just can't be there to do these things. So, I mean, yeah, maybe I'd like her to mop the floors. Not gonna lie. Maybe if she washed her car more than like once a year, <laughs> it would make me happy. You know but you know, those are like little things and like I take the car to get washed and oil change anyway. So it's not that it's not that big of a deal. And I mean that's really more so my O C D than anything. <laughs> that just kind of I will I will support Ron because I feel like he more than once has said like I want to end up divorced if I don't leave my job right now. Like I have to, I have to like go home. I have to get home. I because have to she leave. She is the support system, and she's the one. And that's how me and Ron say. Like we're both in jobs that like don't have as much flexibility, and our peers or our significant others are in jobs that like, hey, you can work whenever you feel like it, and that's that's an advantage that we see, but like we also feel guilty about, right? So like. I, I do agree. Like we, she, he's never not spoke 
brilliantly about Tammy. That's because I also love Tammy. So <laughs> I feel like if he told me Tammy was an asshole, I'd be like, fuck you, Ron. Well, <laughs> Don't talk about Tammy that way. <laughs> what would Tammy want you to do more of? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I, I don't think we have enough time left on this show to really fill that out. Who's but... <laughs> yeah. we'll number one? Maybe number one. Number one. Oh, if I had to pick her brain, she'd probably want me to, like, clean up in the kitchen more. Like, this thing sometimes gets a little out of control. Empty the dishwasher. Um, you know, just help with the kids. Like, kind of get... Let's see. The issue, I know her number one thing, and I used to do it more, is, like, get the kids away for, like, an entire day. And, like, I would. I'd go out to, like, my mom and dad's house, or we'd go do things. i get the kids yeah, away. Hard. So she could, Pandemic. like, have a mental health day or, like, go to the spa. But with the virus, it's really hard to do that. And, I mean, we, like, legit are probably a little more extreme than most people are. We don't really go anywhere, see anybody, not even relatives for the most part. I mean, we're going to go to my mom and my dad's house tomorrow morning to celebrate Maxwell's B-Day. We're going to be there probably all of three hours. I'm going to make everybody mask up because my mom and dad are old or than most. Yeah. And they have health issues. And I just, I, I, obviously, I couldn't live with myself if I showed up and I was like, hey, mom, here's some COVID. And then like two days later, she died. So I make everybody wear a mask. Um, so, I mean, I'm a little more limited in what I can do with that. But I mean, I try, I try to help. But it, things, it, things, things just to get mainly the kids kind of off of her plate. And it's not because she doesn't love them. It's just you know, when you're with them nonstop every day, you sometimes you just need some time to yourself. To, yes, you, know, you do. Yeah. When she, when she gets the kids off her, uh, when you get the kids off her plate, does she not do anything in the house and chores and still maintaining things for the kids during if that time? I, if I'm gone with the kids, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm guessing she cries out of happiness for at least the first <laughs> She might drink something, and then I'm pretty sure it consists of her napping, watching Food Network, or those effing murder shows, which scare the shit out of <laughs> me, because I know she knows how to dissolve my body, and nobody will ever find me in a million years. And then she'll probably take a shower... And then she might nap a little bit more. And, and I mean, in, in all honesty, I'd probably do some showering and some napping, too. But, I mean, it's definitely not her time to do more shit around the house. Like, if I come home and things look exactly the same, I'm sure the hell not going to be like, oh, well, that's weird. I thought maybe you would do some stuff around the house because I would be dead and she would be dissolving my bones in a vat of acid somewhere. I don't know if we need all of this, but I have an ending question. All right. Well, All right. we and added things around. And by we, I mean John. John, yeah. All right. So my ending is question awesome. is, my ending question is, what is your favorite thing about being a dad? You're very emotional. Ron, I, I'm, you're going you're gonna to stop me, but I feel like you're a very emotional person. You're going to have a very emotional response. What is uh, your favorite part about being a dad? Don't you love when Elisa's like, you're super emotional. You're so yeah. gonna cry about something you need. And then they, you're like, oh, no, not, now not, I have the expectation you. to cry. And no, you're like, no, fuck you. Because maybe I might have not cried about this. No, like, he's not a crier, but I think he has a good answer. Wait, go ahead. <laughs> yes, no. answer. We're not uh, gonna expect anything out of you. Lisa, not, maybe, no. not me. So my favorite thing about being a father, that's, I mean, man, that's, that, that is a hard question. Cause I mean, there's actually a lot of things I enjoy before we had our first child. Like I'm sure a lot of men do. And even women, you just like, well, well like, how am I going to do it? This, am I going to be a good parent? Am I going to be a bad parent? Am I going to even like it? Is it kind of my jam? Right. And, um, and I feel like a lot of people kind of have an age that they feel like their favorite. And I mean, we're only up to six, so I don't want to say like that there was an age that I love more than others, but, but, but there's kind of a time for me between two and three that I think is like the sweet spot where your child is, you know, like they can start having conversations with you. They're like learning stuff, like interactive. I like all of it. I don't want to like say, I don't like the other things either, but it's just like that time where you really get to first make those connections 
with your child, like the ones that, you know, like they probably won't remember because they're too young, but you remember nonstop, like no matter how old they get, like those are the things that I start to get emotional about when I think like long term. And I think about it's made me appreciate a lot more like like when I was a child and, you know, like my family and those kind of things, because you don't think about little things like that when you're younger, you don't have kids and then you have a kid. And then like one day you're just on the couch and you look over at them and you're like, holy shit, like I made you and you're a fucking rock star. And I'm like, like, like I'll like think about my mom sometimes. And I'm like, I wonder if she's just like at home right now, like thinking like, man, like I raised a child who was actually like, okay enough like he's a decent guy right I mean is that like all you really want like 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 I just don't want my kid to be a huge piece of shit like like just be a decent human being in the end and like I got married I got an okay job I had some kids and I think to myself if either of my kids do that at like even the maximum like I could not be any happier and and like right now one's six and one's two and to just you know, like think about like leaving that mark on them when they get older and like what they're going to do. I can only hope that when they get to that age, that they kind of think the same way about me that like, I think about those things now. So it's kind of a combo of like where I am now, but kind of excited for where they'll be when they're older, because I hope that they get that same experience that I have right now. Tara's going to cry. I see it. I fucking no. She looks very sad slash happy. We we have quite the editing job for John, which he's very excited about. But I think it was a good episode. Well, we got your perspective, we got your wife's perspective. Yeah. This, all my... this, this, this might be your longest one yet. This might be your hour show that you haven't had, right? It might be it. Well, yeah, it might be true. You might be right. <laughs> Sarah. I think we need to figure out a way to end this, right? Yeah, how are we ending it? How, are we ending how do you it? want to end it, John? Thanks for listening to Moms on Overtime. You can follow us on Instagram at Moms on Overtime or find us on Facebook.